So, as many of you know, um, um, Isaiah 61 is a very important passage to us, isn't it, in the history of Jubilee. Um, Do you know we're almost, almost, not quite there, 20 years old. Can you believe that? 20 years old. Um, I, when I first came to this church, I was 27 years old. And actually, I didn't, I didn't really trust and cherish Jesus. My life was in a bit of a mess. But, you know, at the age of 27, I encountered God through this church when we were much smaller. And now I'm 46. I know it doesn't look, of it, look like it. Oil of Yule, all that kind of thing. But it's been an amazing journey uh, over the years. And I thank you all very much for um, our part in your journey, this church's journey. Uh, we've just started our new sermon series, as you know, Life to the Full, uh, really looking at some of the key practical issues which as human beings we face and live through, often with a half-full mentality, often with a kind of chasing immediate fixes or quick, short-lived pleasures uh, way of doing things, not allowing God to be God in the way he's created us to be. When Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, he was declaring a better way. That's what this sermon series is about, a new radical way, a way that cuts across all the cultural passing pleasures, quick fixes, thinking about, thinking about me first, half full or even empty, ways of doing things, attitudes, heart issues. And so, on this Vision Sunday, I think some of you will be thinking, some of the elders are thinking, has he got the right week? And so, on this Vision Sunday, the whole day actually, we're giving the whole day to this. We're going to be meeting again tonight at our family meeting, as Saroosh said. Please, please, please do come to that. It will be exciting. I've titled this morning, as part of our Life to the Full series, Commissioned. Commissioned. Okay. Throughout Jesus' life, he spoke about a coming kingdom. We were talking about it with the kids at breakfast and praying into it at breakfast there the other morning, which was here, but not here fully yet. As he taught, as he healed, as he showed compassion, as he invaded people's lives, as he fought injustice, he battled with religious oppression, as he confronted the political, the political powers of his age. Jesus did a lot. Jesus was always proclaiming a new way, a kingdom where his way. And Isaiah 61, if you like, is a summary of that new way. And what was really fascinating about Isaiah 61 was that 600 years later from the prophet Isaiah who initially spoke these words to a backslidden, exiled people, Jesus kicked off his ministry with these very same verses. Luke 4, you can read about it. Saying that this is what I'd like my church to look like. That's amazing. That's his first thing that he said. This passage was God's kingdom manifesto, if you like, a beautiful, inspiring picture of God's future that inspired passion in those who trusted and believed in Jesus. Verses that prophetically called a couple, you may know them, Jeremy and Ann Simpkins, to start this church almost 20 years ago, even when they didn't know where Teesside was. And these verses, Isaiah 61, still provoke us, shape us, resonate in our hearts. They do mine, even to this very day. And so we're going to read Isaiah 61. I'd like it if we could read it together. So if we could all shout it out 
Um, these are very important verses to us if you've been here in the church. So let's go for it, if you can see that. One, two, three. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on. Point to me. You. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me, you, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow upon them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of God. Let's pray. I thank you for this church, Lord. I thank you for those prophetic words that breathe life into these Uh, into this church almost 20 years ago now. I thank you, Lord, that you gripped the heart and soul of a couple um, and brought them up here and uh, asked them to start something, plant a seed that has been growing ever since. I pray, Holy Spirit, as we come back to these words, words that have resonated with us over the years, I pray that you continue to bring uh, that prophetic inspiration through them. I pray that you continue to inspire the church, your people, to be the people that you've called us to be, to be significant for you in the places around, to be a prophetic voice in, in, the, in, the, in, in government, in schools, in all the different places that you place us. Come, Holy Spirit, we want to be a bowing down people, replicating our bowing down God who bowed down as he came to earth as God, as man, but then rose again and declared that the Holy Spirit would come. So I pray, Holy Spirit, be with us this morning. Thank you, Lord. And so from this passage, as many many of you know, um, we have coined, if you like, our four R Jubilee vision statement. Uh, Four R's that that captivate us, that uh, grip us with what God has called us to. And the first is receiving Jesus in spirit and truth. We know these, don't we? Reaching out to those who don't know Jesus yet, or to the marginalized, or to the poor. Restoring God's life in communities that shape other communities around us and releasing everyone to be who God has called them to be and to serve in the purposes of God through the church together. Receiving God, reaching out, restoring communities, releasing everyone. 
And so what I'd like to do this morning is really unpack these and really bring you up to date, up to speed, if you like, at some of the things that uh, we feel God has um, moved in over the last year, but also kind of touching on some of the things that we want to give our attention to over the coming year. And really, this will parallel in some ways what we're going to unpack for you in numbers and figures um, tonight, as well as vision and uh, excitement. So please do come tonight. So firstly, receiving Jesus. One of my favorite quotes is is by a guy called R.C. Sproul. And he once said, the complaint that the church is boring, the complaint that the church is boring is never made by a people who are in awe of God. That's a fundamental statement. This passage starts, doesn't it, with an encountering God, a God who goes out of his way. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to do all that stuff. That word anoint has the same root uh, as the word ointment. I don't know if you know that. Jubilee, God is smothering us, if you like, rubbing into us, saturating us with power, his power. As Stuart read out the other day uh, from Acts 1, uh, uh, Jesus has promised to us, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will. There's a lot of wills in that passage that we've just read. These are promises from God. And so as a church, the thing that makes us different to all other organizations out there, which do a lot of good stuff, they do. It's a good thing. It's primarily that we are a people who encounter God. That's why it's there first, receiving God. That's where all of our motivation, if you like, or perseverance, strength, courage, compassion flows from. Bill Johnson, who leads a church in Reading, writes this, the fullness of the Spirit in us is measured primarily by how much it overflows out of us and touches the world around us. And so there are things we do, we try and encourage the church to gather together for, um, um, to nurture, to help us nurture intimacy with God. Encountering God jubilee is fundamental. Biblical things that we gather you to. So the first is prayer. Prayer is fundamental to our journey ahead. More and more these days, as I look across churches, it feels like we try and fit in, or not necessarily we try and fit in, but we Churches fit in the, the, the prayer meeting because they feel they have to. As elders, we, uh, this year we joined uh, others across the UK to pray for this nation from all over the family of churches and New Frontiers. Terry reminded us that, um, that day that revivals, revivals when God miraculously moves in places, always, always started with passionate prayers often by a small group of people. Recently, we've moved our prayer meetings to Linthorpe Road uh, Resource Center to provide a better setting to pray and worship. Um, um, Some of you have been deliberately making your community group gathering that week the prayer meeting to encourage your guys to come along. Well done. But it's not a week off. Okay. That's not a week off for your community group. As we move forward from October, we want to increasingly gather more and more people to our prayer meetings. We want to draw in, if you like, um, our devoted community groups to take more ownership of our prayer nights again, to root them into the places, root our prayers into the places where the church is, you, me, 
to engage and provoke those of you who are the church, this church in Stockton, in Middlesbrough, in the villages, in Hartlepool, Eastnet, to pray for your schools, to pray for your universities, your workplace, your streets. We would love to see more and more on this journey, faith-filled, miraculous, exciting journey of prayer, taking ownership, getting before God, hearing Him. Justin Welby, Archbishop of Canterbury, says this, praying changes us. It does, doesn't it? As we pray, we come closer to God. In prayer, His desires become our desires. That's an amazing thing. We pray, we worship our whole life. Um, the Bible tells us it's a spiritual, spiritual sacrifice to Jesus. Yeah? And our song worship declares something of that as we gather together. That's what we were doing this morning. It was great to see Keith up there this morning. Yeah. It's great to see Andy and Shirley really on the front foot with all of this um, as they kind of help lead our uh, sung worship together. The whole, this whole team that um, um, we gather, the, our worship team, our real heart, all out heart and soul worshipers, they really are. God really spoke to me some years ago now about the importance of worship and the battle that often is tied alongside as we're releasing worship leaders. Um, he reminded me of the the walls coming down in Jericho and how, how the army brought the walls of Jericho down as they worshipped God, as they carried the presence of God in the ark and spoke his make-it-happen words, make-it-happen words that made these walls come down. This is really important to us. The content of our worship is something which we, we must always fight for. With all sorts of well-produced music out there, um, um, this is a time more than ever to be strong in word and spirit, not pitching them against each other, but rather, as our worship leaders so beautifully do, bring, to bring them creatively together. And not just sung worship, but prophetic worship and the create stuff and the pictures and all the stuff that goes on. It aligns ourselves with God as we approach Him in awe and wonder. Worship isn't just a thing we do. Worship is something that is important to our relationship with God. We want to see more and more international worship, more and more worship teams make worship songs available in our smaller, um, smaller group settings, encouraging more people to join in in this worshipping church community. Matthew's been really helpful here in putting together, if you don't know this already, a range of worship songs with subtitles that you can use in your devoted groups uh, or small home settings. So just ask him about it. He'll be able to facilitate that for you. It's great to see Alice. And by the way, Alice and Jabba, welcome back from your honeymoon. Yeah, that's great. We had a great day. I'm sure you did. Jabba's got a tan. Um, it's great to see Alice um, stepping up. Lou, Charlotte, Hannah, others. Um, and Keith this morning, as I said. Also, as we, as we approach Christmas, please put your names forward to join this band uh, as we uh, sing our hearts out and put on an amazing Christmas, uh, Christmas event. 
the more and more diverse the singers and the band and the people declaring God's word in singing that is up there, the more it speaks to the people out there. Always gets me, every year. Worship is a real hallmark of this church. Keep fanning it. Prayer, worship, and God's word. These are the things that we uh, try and um, cultivate together as a church. God's word. Theology matters, doesn't it? I hope you found our different sermon series over the last uh, year or so uh, helpful. Um, um, uh, we did Hello Jesus, Encounters with the Living God in Christ. Who are we? Nehemiah, God's city builder. And now we're doing we're going through a process of life to the full. As we unpack these things, I want to encourage you to talk and pray over some of these issues. It's not just entertainment on a Sunday morning, but actually these are God's words that want to that change us together as we um, discuss and pray through these things. Jubilee, we cannot worship. I can't remember who said this. We cannot worship what we do not know. We cannot, we cannot delight in what we have not seen. That's the importance of God's Word. I've loved hearing others amongst you too, sharing God's heart over the summer. Angela, McConnell, Julie, Rob, our Ignite girls, guys, weren't they amazing? Weren't they amazing? I've loved hearing others from our wider church family here from Teesside and throughout New Frontiers bringing their wisdom and passions and vision too. Steve Sutton from Corby, Jeremy, Joseph Mwiller, John Hosier, Don from Crazy Don from the U.S., Next year, Terry Virgo, who fathered the New Frontiers, will be joining us here in Teesside. He's coming in May um, to celebrate 20 years of Jubilee, uh, to to be part of the 20-year celebrations of Jubilee. So don't miss out on that one, yeah? Through, Through our God's Big Picture evenings that we've heard about, through our library resources at Melbourne, we have a library. We, wanna, we want you to see God increasingly. We want to see God increasingly dwell. That's what the Bible says. Dwell in you richly. That's more than just reading and hearing. Receiving Jesus in spirit and truth through prayer, worship, and opening up the Bible in different contexts is essential to why we're here. Secondly, reaching out. When we encounter this amazing God, we can't help reaching out, can we? That's what God's Word, that's what God, the Holy Spirit does in us. Isaiah 61 says, to proclaim good news to the poor. And that doesn't just mean financially poor. We've been sent to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from the darkness, uh, release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the real jubilee freedom Jesus brings, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve. There's a whole array of things and ways that God is calling us to interact with the world in our reaching out. Over the last year, we've wanted to make our reaching out strategy, if you like, simple. To get get as many of you uh, on board as possible. We've tried to get the message over. over. I hope we're getting there. Um, um, It's basically about two things. Yeah? Making friends, interacting, drawing people in, making friends, and then inviting them to try Alpha. I'm going to put a lot of resource into this for you and your friends. 
Um, it's pretty simple. More and more, we want to provide settings, if you like, to invite your friends too, so they can hear that we more and more about Alpha, that they can hear more and more about this God. Uh, the John Archer event the other night was amazing, wasn't it? Nearly a hundred, this room was packed out. Well done to all of you, all of you who served that night. Nearly 150 people, of which more than half were probably guests, being invited to belong to us, to laugh with us. We're, not, we're normal. Christians are normal. But also to hear truth and transformation through a man whose life was changed. Yeah? Jesus said, you, Jubilee, are the light of the world. A city on a hill. People don't light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and, give, and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This year, we really want to bring gospel and social action together. Churches tend to sometimes split these things to, uh, things apart. We want to help the world. We want to help the poor on the, other, on the one hand. And then on the other hand, we have a whole load of people who want to hammer home the gospel on the other. Both good things if done well. But, but bringing them together is what Jesus did all the time. He didn't pitch them against one another. It wasn't a this or that. We want to engage in friendship and fun. Many of those who are coming through our doors, our social justice projects, our social action projects, through at Sparklers, at Open Door, at Hope, through the uh, Jubilee Football Club, uh, through Safe Families, through Farsi Worship, through street invitations, uh, into, the, into the life that is Jubilee. We are seeing more and more of that happening throughout the church. Our Alpha courses have really gone up a notch. Um, amazing food by Julie. Welcome, buzz. A real vibrant atmosphere. Brilliant film, new Alpha talks. Great worship. A chance for people to connect and to consider some of the big questions of life. A space for them to declare what they feel. And so... And also, um, and also an opportunity to continue the journey further after Alpha on the Life Plus course. That's what we also run. Bringing them all together to, uh, to this place so that they've engaged in the same place that we meet on a Sunday. That's the plan. To Shirley, Nev, Julie and Marion, others on the Alpha team, to Neil, Anne-Marie, Kevin, Angela, Paul, Julian, uh, 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 Paul uh, and Jill facilitating our Life Plus evenings. A ginormous thank you to you all. Particularly as you've piloted some of these things. Particularly as it's been a new thing. Jubilee, this year, starting 1st of October, invite your friends to Alpha. Change the world. Also, we're called to remember the poor. I remember when Simon Pettit uttered and declared those amazing words at um, Brighton um, one year way back. You'll recall, uh, you recall um, that I felt um, particularly about Open Door um, I, uh, when, when in the midst of all this and our work with the poor, Open Door is probably one of the biggest areas that we as a church um, really kind of work with different groups from this grouping. Um, 
I remember, I remember God speaking to me about Open Door growing up. You remember me telling you that um, over the last year or so. How, how what was once a child has become an adult. Well, I, you know what? It's been exciting. Well, I, I feel God has really come through this year, hasn't he? Paul is now employed by Open Door with three years external secured funding, a real faith leap for him. They have staff members making successful bids for more staff and projects and houses. It's not easy, but God provides. We now rent, we now rent our offices from them as they use the lion's share of Melbourne House and have, and have invited safe families to join in on their, uh, join in on their office space as a bigger social action building. Jubilee, God provides. God um, loves faith. Well done. Particularly Paul, Jill, Marbash, Anna, Mike, Open Door Trustees, others who serve and volunteer and help some of the most um, persecuted people across the globe, asylum seekers and refugees um, uh, across this nation. Well done. It's not hard. I know it's not hard. And it's, no, it's not easy. It is very hard. Pray also for the other many beautiful things that happen through the people of this church. The Hope Foundation, John and Sue Kearney giving their lives to that. Uh, food bankers, Sarush manages that and engages churches across Teesside, Middlesbrough. Safe families, quite a few of you. More recently, Kyra and Mona are here have joined the team. Sparklers, Jen, Julie, Shirley, others. Our football outreach, Rob, Alan, uh, John Kearney, Michael Maybury. Well done. Keep Keep making reaching out a priority. Isaiah 58 describes what a worshipping community looks like, uh, that really looks like. They were thinking it's about uh, all these other religious things, but God challenges them and he says, this is what it looks like to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke, to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn from your own flesh and blood. That's how God sees these people. Another area of reaching out that God has been fast-forwarding in is in the whole area of the nations. This has been a real roller coaster for us. It's been amazing to watch Michael Akotia grow in his emerging apostolic role in the churches of the Volta region in Ghana. He's now beginning, beginning to strategize. Yes, he's African. He's beginning to strategize and dream and be nurtured in all, that, in, uh, in all the stuff that he's called to do with the help of others alongside him, Jeremy and Joseph, who have similar um, involvement through the Christ Central family. He is now in his new home, this apostolic base where he can invite his leaders to and feed them. You you, Jubilee, have been a critical part in making that happen. Well done. I'm just going to give you, um, uh, this morning I was all over the place um, trying to sort out um, a video for this morning and Luke very helpfully um, um, helped it make, make it happen. So let's, let's have a listen to Michael very briefly. Nice and loud. So grateful. I'd like to thank you for Jubilee Church Teesside. Your leading elders, Raj, Simon, Ruth, and Gavin, for your partnership with me in advancing God's kingdom in all 
now in Benin as well. Thank you for providing resources for me now that I have transitioned to remain in New Frontiers. It has been difficult, but through partnership with Jubilee Seaside and now partnership with Christ Central in Jeremy, who is now mentoring me to build a sphere. It's, I'm so grateful for it. I couldn't have done it without Jubilee Church providing resources, without Jeremy accepting me to partnership in Christ Central. And now we have 40 churches together to build and more to be planted, leaders to be raised to plant churches and to lead these churches. I'd like to say thank you to you for your partnership. God continue to bless you and invite you even to provide human resources. Allow your leaders, elders, to come and serve us here. Allow your resources to be sent to help us here. And I pray that God will help us to change the expression of Christianity in the world, in whole, in the Porta region, in Ghana, in West Africa, and in the whole world. God bless you. Thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you and to see you here or me meeting you at Devoted or Jubilee Church this side. Stay blessed. Thank you very much. Excellent. A very humble man, a very humble man, but a really godly man who has a big vision of the church. Also in Turkey with Mikhail, Heike, Andy, and Jill Ball in the Barakat Project at La and, the La and the whole of the Lighthouse Church who, who is on apostolic mission to reach that very difficult and unstable part of the world. I believe Marvash and Sarush, uh, particularly after this last journey, uh, their friendship here is key in the support of that church's wider planting vision. Also, through our continued partnership with Christ Central and New Front, uh, Christ Central New Frontiers, we want to see more and more churches planted, more and more nations reached, more and more people growing in their love and service for Jesus. This small church has a big impact. You are involved in that adventure. And the story also continues in Umber, uh, in Tanzania as well that Jonathan and Angela have continued to encourage uh, and support. So more about that as well tonight. The late John Stott wrote, we must be global Christians with a global vision. Why? Because our God is a global God. Let that resonate with you. And then stuck in the middle of our reaching out is this thing called media. Yeah? Um, 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 media and communication and website. It's, it's kind of a bit like a sore thumb, but really this has been an area that has, has been a big area for us over the last year. Not only facilitating reaching out, but also really spanning across all we do. How we present, listen to this, how we present and communicate Jesus and his church is vital. Over the last year and ongoing through the experts, once again through the expertise of Matthew and the company he works for, um, as we brand new things, as we use tech and audiovisual presentations, as we communicate through our new interactive website, the journey, um, our newsletter, through church suite apps, there's a whole lot of things going on. How we show Jesus, 
how we show Jesus' church to seekers looking in, I believe is a very important way of engaging the culture we live in and bringing more and more people on the journey on the road ahead. And so although in some ways it's a small thing, it's actually a big thing. God really spoke to me prophetically about cleaning the windows so that people can see into and into the heart of Jubilee, get a picture of who Jesus is. And we're using this very much in the, in, 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 in the journey ahead. So that's um, uh, reaching out, restoring community. Thirdly, verse 3, big whistle-top tour. Um, um, verse 3 says, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his, uh, of his splendor. The church isn't going anywhere. People talk about this church that is falling, not this church, the church generally in the UK that is diminishing, and the church is not going anywhere. People have come to terms with that now. They're not talking so much about the irrelevant church. That's the beauty of the church, isn't it? This growing, vibrant, unique, radical community of believers that is growing and growing and growing continuously all across the globe is a place where God dwells and the power of God breaks out and it's breathtaking as people watch on. Community life is so important to this church. Restoring community that affects communities around is also very important. A whole devoted community skeleton. God spoke to me specifically about a skeleton, if you remember, um, when I shared that a couple of years ago. Um, This skeleton, our devoted community, based on Acts um, 2.42, where it said the people of God were devoted to this, that, and the other, is made up of our weekly Sunday all-church gatherings, our weekly community groups, um, uh, or bi-weekly, some of you, smaller, or uh, those are smaller or more intimate gatherings, our monthly devoted, uh, uh, bigger group gatherings called our devoted groups, um, uh, of a few community groups coming together, our monthly all-church prayer meeting, which we're going to kind of push and push in your communities. All these different things, these different together gatherings make up community life in this church. This is a place where people can find a home. New people can find a home. This is a a place where the church has the opportunity to engage locally and be present across all of Teesside. This is a platform from which it's not the only community going on. This is a platform from which all other more dynamic community life is birthed and declared as you meet together, eat together, pray together, help each other out. Bishop Graham Tomlin wrote, Evangelism is the invitation to become part of a community in in which individually and together people are being transformed to be more and more like Jesus. That's an amazing vision of community. And so as we continue to cement this skeleton structure into the life of the church, as we encourage you all to be part of it, What covers that skeleton, because skeletons, if you think about it, look all the same, but what covers that skeleton, how that skeleton uh, moves from just being bones to be a human body, what brings life to that skeleton is what you make of it. Yeah? All your differences. 
um, uh, all your passions, all, your, all the zeal that you give to it. We don't want, in fact, in, in, you can make our, our community groups do look different. It's great that. We don't want them all to be the same. We want them to be varied, displaying the diverse nature of the church, yet have this unifying skeleton structure. Okay. That's where we're going in terms of community life. If you're not regularly part of these things, I would ask the question, why? Hebrews 10 says, it wasn't just a problem now, it's a problem then. It was a problem then, Hebrews 10 says, let us consider how we may spur one another, spur one another, do you get the drift? Yeah, on, to, on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more. Not less the more as we become mature, all the more as you see the day approaching. This is important. Meeting together is sacrificial. This, de- this devoted community life, this whole thing that you can see behind me, uh, is a battle. It is. All sorts of things competing for our, ta- for our time. Things like... Uh, there's. Uh, other things like apathy and distractions and fallout sometimes and, uh, and uh, different opinions and upsets and hurdles and all sorts of things battle again and trying to stop us from meeting together. But you know what? I want to encourage you this year. Step in. Don't make excuses. Um, but rather see God's priority here. This community is the church. His bigger picture. We want to see new people welcomed into the church too. We want to see people belong. Jesus didn't wait or force people to believe uh, or behave before he welcomed them in. He didn't do it that way around. He went out of his way to draw in sinners, the Bible calls them, lepers, prostitutes, unbelievers, before they believed and their lives changed. It was a mess, actually. A lot of people didn't like it, religious people. Then through that invitation as he drew these people in, they saw what he was about, heard him, and then they changed. God had time to work in and through them. But belonging seemed to be always the way to come first. Belonging. We want to continue to look at the journey of new people coming through this church and all the different entry points. Of this next year, we want to give our energies to make this path smooth and more inviting for people to step onto. We're, 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 we've, we've already started bits of that. Serving them, creating places to socialize and befriend, giving them what they want to know, meeting them where they're at, making church accessible, navigating language and culture, helping them to find their place in friendship and service. These are the things that engage um, um, people who are looking in. Community is also very much about our young people and children too, aren't there? Isn't, isn't it? As a family, we are so grateful to be part of a church like this. Our kids, our kids love it. On behalf of all of us with little ones, younger ones in our families, I want to say a big, big thank you to all of you kids workers, crutch workers, ignite workers. You are a real blessing uh, to this church. Your efforts, your hard work, your energies is not missed. Uh, more and more, we want to see our kids and young people drawn in through you, through your efforts, 
uh, through God the Holy Spirit working into you, more and more drawn in to this jubilee for our vision. The gospel, I've said this before, is a generational thing. The Bible is full of spiritual inheritance, isn't it? Where, as Julian once brought to us, where my ceiling becomes the next generation's platform. That is what's called building in terms of church. How we include and release our kids and youth and young people is crucial, crucial to the mission of God in the church. New Day really excited us as our as our kids came alive. If you're visiting from, uh, if you're visiting from Teesside University, um, as we've already said, welcome. Come and have a chat with us after the service. We'd love to make this church your home for the next few years. And finally, releasing everyone. See verses 5 and 6, what does, it, what does it say? We don't often read this bit, but it's, it's a very powerful thing. I saw Saroosh smiling as we were reading it, uh, as we were reading it out um, this, this morning. Strangers, people you wouldn't expect, will shepherd your flocks. That's the grace of God. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of God. That's what's happening, isn't it? More and more. As Jeremy said the other day, God is releasing the leadership life of the gospel into all of us rather than just expecting badged leaders to do it all. You are now, the Bible says, through Jesus, um, all now priests and ministers of God. Everyone, regardless of background, ethnicity, education, worldly standing, will play their part. Are called to play their part. That might be directly in the church, but also probably more so out there in the world. In parenting, in marriage, in work, in friendships, in singleness, in civic positions, in policy making, in creativity, in art. There's a whole range of things that God calls us to serve. Don't make God's big idea of mission small jubilee. Never. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And it's a big work. And so pastoral care and discipleship is key in this. This is fundamental to the life of the church. Over the last year, I'm so grateful to Sarush and Marvash and the pastoral team, Jill, Liz, Jonathan, Angela, our community group leaders, others, um, uh, for putting in place robust systems to make sure we are creating a space for people to be cared for and grow, to be responsible, responsive to people's ups and downs in life. Um, um, to, to walk them through life's hurdles, like breaking your leg. I don't know if he's here. No. Um, to nurture new believers. Over the next year, we want to build on this in terms of increasingly being more proactive rather than just reactive. Reactive is important. We plan on looking at areas of life where we can lay better foundations as we support people before and in marriage, in debt, in asylum processes, in parenting, in singleness. That's part and parcel of what this Life to the Full sermon series is about. Over the next year, we'll be piloting Freedom in Christ course for everyone uh, as part of our Alpha and Life Plus evenings on Sunday nights at Macmillan, maybe. We haven't quite... Uh, 
dotted the detail yet. Just a few days ago, we invited Rob Earl um, uh, to our elders' meeting to help us talk us through how the church uh, um, uh, encourages single guys, guys and girls, in their walk with God. And one of the key areas that came out of that conversation was service, serving God in areas of the church. If you're not regularly serving something in this church, whether it's set up, hospitality, being part of your community groups or whatever, serving the church is one of the best ways to allow God to mold and shape you, to bring you into God's transforming relationships in the church. I want to encourage you to get into something. Finally, generosity. I love this church because this is a generous church. More about that tonight. It's a prophetic hallmark of this church. God is calling us to be a church that is recognized more and more for its generosity. As Sarush reminded us a couple of weeks ago. We're not a rich church. Teesside isn't particularly a rich part of the country. We know that. But this isn't a numbers thing. It's a heart thing. That's what the Bible tells us. That's the wonder of God's kingdom. Rich hearts generate miraculous provision from a very rich God. Tonight you'll see the numbers and they'll cause you to worship. They'll cause you to thank Jesus for his provision and vision for the church. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. In October, as we call the church to yet another thrilling, exciting gift day. Is that how you approach gift days, by the way? As we, as we come to a thrilling, exciting gift day, as we preach on the grace of God, as we envision you all with uh, this church and all that we're about, please continue to give generously. Don't get complacent. Yeah? Keep stepping out further and further in faith. Keep joy-filled, sacrificial, giving central to your walk with God. Jesus didn't say these words in Matthew 6 uh, for no reason. He said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But instead, there's a much better way. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also follow. There's something about giving that causes your heart to follow. And the question to ask before we finish and before you decide on mounts and prayer and all those things is who is your treasure? That's the big question, isn't it? In all of this, we don't want grumbly people giving to the church. No, we want people who see Jesus as their treasure. Because that's the thing that motivates us. He's the person who motivates us in all we do. It's him, isn't it? He's taken our breath away. He's taken mine away. For God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the rich righteousness of God. We cannot, Jubilee, be more generous than our God. The band can come up. That would be helpful. That's what he's calling you to give your life to. Not easy. Not easy at all. Jesus never ever said it would be. But it really is life to the full. Not half empty. Commissioned for purpose. Nothing is impossible with God. I'm going to end with a quote. 
And then we're going to worship and we're going to thank God for his amazing sacrifice and the glorious church that he's calling us all to build. This is what John Piper says. As long as the world lasts, Jesus will be with us in the world. This is the loving comfort, the one who has put all his enemies under his feet and has died for us and risen for us and triumphed over sin and guilt and condemnation and suffering and death and the evil one and who, and who has all authority in heaven and earth. This one, Jesus, this one, comforts us by promising us that he will be with us always, continually to the end of the age, to do us good and to bring us safely to everlasting joy. Let's stand. Let's pray. Yes, Lord, I thank you for your great purpose in the church. I thank you that we are your bride. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll fill us afresh once more. I thank you, Lord, that you have a a mission for us. You have a great vision for us. And I pray over the years to come that you will capture the hearts and minds and uh, of new people joining this church, of existing people, of people who have been in the church for months and who have been in the church for years. More and more, Lord, lead us in the direction you're taking us. Shape us, mold us on that journey. And um, keep reminding us of the great hope that the gospel gives and the great Jesus that we worship. We ask it in Jesus' name.